Call the Riverwind Casino call-in line at 405-329-9000. Live from the Buffalo Wild Wings studios, it's The Rush with Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. I took a hit or I gave somebody a hit or I hit somebody in a weird angle and I got what's called a pulmonary contusion or something like that. I don't know if I'm saying that right. It's basically like a bruise on my lungs. It happened uh, probably like the first play that drive and then I played the following three plays. It was just progressively got worse and worse to the point where I like really couldn't breathe. I was trying to cough it up and breathe and, and I look over at Danny and he looks over at me and he thought, he must have thought, he told me it was like coming out of my lip like a busted lip. It looked like lip. a busted lip. Like I, I, it's I, like, yeah. I, I had blood splattered all over my face, mask and blood dripping down my face and Danny thought that I like busted my lip or like chipped the tooth or something. I was like, dude, you're fine. Like, come on. Like, what are you doing? Because like, <laughs> I was like visibly like staggering. Like I was, I was starting to lose, lose like, I was starting to get dizzy because I couldn't breathe. I was choking on my blood, and I was, like, coughing it up. And he's like, dude, you're fine. Like, All right, ob- obviously, in the heat of the moment, it, I wasn't as polite as Jaren's making it sound. I said and, some 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 things in the moment, but still, uh, just put up. that out there. You yeah. basically told me to man up. I was like, you know what? You're right. Yeah, you're right. And, like, I was literally fine. <laughs> they are bouncing out the ball, and Jaren's, like, trying to get a line. And I was like, dude, just, just lay down. I'm like, there's no point. Oh, that's funny. That well, not funny that he was, uh, you know, coughing up blood, but funny that Stutzman is like screaming at him to get lined up and funny, do or do you, or do you secretly won't say it out loud, or like I kind of like that from Stutzman? Bruise on your lungs. Come on, get lined up. Let's go. Well, it's funny because. I've had the same thing happen, and I know I've told you the story, and I think I've told it on air before, uh, but when Wayne Chambers was playing Mike Linebacker with me, and I think it was in a like a spring scrimmage, he, you know, he was, uh, I, he, he was complaining about something. We're trying to get lined up, and I was like, dude, you're fine, and I was like grabbing him and like pulling him. <laughs> to the next snap and, like, getting him lined up. And finally, like, I don't remember what happened. They stopped the play before the next snap. And I was like, what are you doing? And he's like, ah, man, my hand. And I looked down. Finally, he stops moving it, and I look at it. He had broken his finger, and it was through the skin Mm. and had torn out of his glove. He was wearing gloves. Sweet. Gosh. And I was like, oh, yeah, well, why don't you go get that looked at? Yeah, there's no part of you that's like, I feel bad for the previous 90 seconds. What happened? <laughs> I did. I felt bad. I did. Pretty funny, though. That Bruise on his that, lungs that he had during the game last week. Dang. I'll tell you exactly what Coach Venables is going to say to him. <laughs> get your pads down. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Get your pads down. Stop He's not going to find any sympathy. Uh, the guy no. that's playing next to him or the uh, from the head coach. He, I don't hey, think he's looking tell for you it, though. but he ain't going to find it. I will. I will say that I thought Canick played his best game. Yep. And it it's starting to it's starting to come around. Right, it's starting to come around. We're we're four games in, and there's still some mistakes out there. He's still. Sometimes, like in pursuit, he's overrunning some things, and 
you know that he's he's right on schedule though he had i think he had his best game and i expect him to continue to get better and better i whenever he there you'll see it like every now and then there's probably like four or five snaps out of 75 where you look at it, it's like wow I, whenever he figures it out and he eliminates all of the other, you know, bad stuff, and he does that right there, eighty percent of the time he's going to be incredible. Yeah, well, that's, I think that's a, a positive of competitive depth that maybe we haven't talked enough about. We we've mostly talked about it as well. If you want to take someone off the field, then you know you have someone rolling in there that can really play. If you have someone that's banged up and can't play, you can throw in another starter and they're very capable. But I think in the case of Canick, and I don't think it's an overwhelming factor, but at least it's it's part of the story, I think that competitive depth with Kobe McKenzie and Lewis Carter behind him, I think naturally, man, gives you a little urgency and maybe helps you progress a little bit more than you would if there was absolutely no one behind you and you were the only option. Because those guys have played well, especially Lewis Carter. So I sure. think that that has to be that has to be a positive in the development that we've seen from him the first what month of the season. Oh sure, yeah, just that extra sense of urgency, right? And let's also not forget that the guy next to you, whenever he's playing at an incredible level, and everyone's talking about how great he is, it just naturally makes you want to up your game as well. I went through the same thing playing next to. Rocky Kelm. I'm glad you said that name. Uh, Sean <laughs> Sean texted me a few days ago, and I guess uh, I guess Rocky's signing autographs on Campus Corner somewhere. Sean oh, said, cool. This Sean week? said, this is awesome. Your co-host is signing Saturday before the game. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Yeah, that's cool that he's going to be in town. He's been back a handful of times. Please di- direct your attention to the northeast end zone for Rocky Kalmus. That'll be in the second Now, he court. came out of the tunnel at one point, right? That's been a long time ago. That's but when they used to do at the start of the fourth quarter. Northwest. Yeah, they at the start of the fourth quarter, they'd welcome back an OU legend, and that lasted about yeah. five games. That was cool, though. Should Very bring cool. It back. This should do it again. Um, okay, bring up the, the top 25 list. Uh, before I ask you this next question, or we have this next conversation, like yeah, games yeah, that happened this up. weekend, uh, Texas is what ranked three right now. OU's ranked fourteenth. What are the mm-hmm. odds both team takes care of business? It's a top ten matchup next week. For the first time, uh, for the first time since two thousand and eight, this would be a top wow. ten matchup. Um, I think that there is a decent chance that Notre Dame can lose to Duke. And a decent chance that Utah can lose to uh, Oregon State. And that's kind of about it, isn't it? So, if those two teams lost, we would at a minimum jump up to 12. But if we perform really well, I think there's in, in some other teams just kind of don't look great, maybe, then... I think we could be top ten. Yeah. Um, like, for example, if USC finds themselves in a dogfight with Colorado, and, like, I don't they're, – they're not going to lose that game. But if that game is after what we just saw Oregon do to them, who's ranked behind USC, mind you, 
if USC goes out there and finds themselves in a in a dogfight or that game even looks remotely close, it, I, I don't think we would jump them. But I mean, yeah, maybe. The, the media darling, I don't think they would drop six spots behind yeah. OU. I'd be that'd be. I, so I would say probably unless there's three upsets, OU plays well. Probably not a top ten matchup, but dang man, it's been since two thousand eight since this game's right. been top ten. And well, here's the thing: man. we've been top ten so many times between there and we've oh, been yeah. waiting on Texas. Not, like not, not this OU's should, fault. Yeah, this should count. <laughs> Let's. How many times has OU been ranked top ten since that 08 game? Uh, twenty ten, one, twenty eleven. Uh, twenty fifteen. Well, looks, uh, looks like about five, to- five, six times. I, I'll say this though. I, we are at fourteen, and I'm totally fine with that. I, I have no problem with where we're ranked. But if last year we weren't six and seven, we would not be ranked fourteen right now. We'd be ranked like five. Oh, if they were eight and four last year, regular season, right. they'd be ranked exactly. seven or eight. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's why yeah. the, the polls are, you know, crap mostly, is because even now, man, even now it's still very dependent on what happened last season, which doesn't matter yeah. anymore. Well, I, I, I do understand to, to a point that people are very reluctant to, to move Oklahoma up. Because, and frankly, we haven't really we haven't played anyone that – and I know a lot of teams haven't, but, you know, we haven't really proved ourselves with anyone of any substance since going 6-7. and seven. So, I get it, but, you know, they can wait. We have Texas, and that's about it this year for uh, for us to be able to prove ourselves. Are you ready to go on the record that you are um, not outwardly, but maybe at least silently rooting for Texas to not win, but to not lose this game tomorrow night? I, I'm very much in the camp that I, I want to see him lose to Kansas again. It takes a, a little bit away from next week. I don't care. But it feels like you want Texas to win this game tomorrow. Or, excuse me, to not lose the game. You know, I I would actually really enjoy if Kansas beat them in Austin. It's amazing. I, mean, I love that, that, that is, yeah, that's something that you never are rooting against. But... I really would like Oklahoma to be the one that slaps Texas off of the uh, the pedestal right now. The satisfaction level of that, it would be, well, golly, 2021 walking out of the and, Cotton Bowl was awesome. But like in terms of the best that you felt walking out of the Cotton Bowl in the past 15 years, that's going to rank pretty high. And honestly, I think it would be good for our football team if Texas wins. If that makes sense, like to create, like just to, and I know there's always an edge there, but you got to remember, man, there's, there's not really anyone on our roster right now that Texas has ever been any good during their, their lifetime, essentially. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, 2009 was the last time that they were. I mean, any sort of elite. Yeah. That's it. So, 14 years ago, these guys were like six to eight years old. So, I don't know that there's like 
respect is maybe the wrong word, but I don't know that there's the, – now, the game is huge, and they all understand that, but I don't know. I think this puts the game back into the proper perspective a little bit, right? Does that make sense? No, I, I think uh, – I think – I think the forty nine nothing last year is enough motivation, but I, sure. I, I do think that th- those guys being undefeated, ranked top three, does add does add, add at least a little bit for sure. Yeah, and yeah. just you know, if you win tomorrow, you beat Texas in eight days. The fan base is already excited right now. It's it's going to be on fire if you win your next two games. If they I win mean, the next two games, oh my gosh. You, you, it's going to be awesome because you you put yourself in a position to where they're really, as long as Texas beats Kansas, right? If that happens and you you beat Texas, you've put yourself in a position where really nobody nationally can say anything. The narrative changes for a lot of people. Yeah, negative about you, right? Because. Oh, yeah how much everyone has championed Texas about how great Sarkeesian is and how talented they are. And the roster is so much like the most talented roster in college football and all of these things. So if you go beat them on a neutral site and and what you've done leading up to that moment, no one can really crack you on, then what are they going to say? What are they going to say about you? Oh, Nothing. hell, they'll lose to UCF. That's what they'll say. Well, and you might, you know, Brandon Walker just because you beat Texas. Well, it, it, if you beat Texas next week, you beat Iowa State this week, beat Texas next week, and you, you know, it. that doesn't mean you get a get-out-of-jail-free card that you're not going to lose another game. I would still say they lose another game. If, and I don't know who it would be, but, I mean, that's just kind of – that, that's what happens. You know, college football, you can be by far the best team uh, out of anyone, like by far better than everyone on your schedule, but you still drop one. FPI has, and we've talked about this past couple of weeks, OU still number two right now, best chance to reach the college football playoff. Ohio State at 59%, uh, OU at 47%, Texas at 44 And they say OU's chances at the playoff with the win, 66%. OU's playoff chances with the loss is 25%. Yeah. Same thing for Texas. 67, it, 67 with the win, 26 with the loss. I think it, it really helps them because there's no there's no divisions. And uh, it, it appears clear that, at least to some people, that OU and Texas are the, are the two best teams in the Big 12. And regardless of what happens in Dallas – uh, at the Cotton Bowl, they're going to see each other again in the Big 12 championship. So uh, it is not an elimination game. I like I love this ranking. Someone from the 918, I mentioned um, the post-game satisfaction level if you win in eight days, like how on fire this fan base is going to be. So, someone ranked it from 2008 to current, okay? Uh, would, you start, would you like to start right. at one or would you like to start at the bottom? Which one should we? Start at the bottom. For the best wins since 2008? Well, just overall, like all the games are listed here, good and bad. And the bottom is where you felt the worst coming out of. Okay. I'll start at the bottom. And it's just OU Texas games, Just OU Texas games, yeah. They put 2008 at the bottom. 
Now, OU was number one in the country that day, and they lost um, and had a double-digit lead a couple of times. 2022 is pretty pretty awful. I might put that one at the bottom. But 08, 2022, 2015, then it goes 2013, tw- uh, 2009, uh, and then we start to get to the wins, okay? I definitely okay. agree with the worst win. 2014 is at number nine. That was such a weird game. It felt like OU lost that day, judging by the reaction outside the stadium. Was that like when we were rate rate really high? Yeah. And we, yeah. Or was that whenever they came back on us? They and, they came back and almost won. They came back and almost right. won that day, and OU just didn't play well. Eight is 2016. Uh, Baker to to uh, Dede Westbrook. 2017 mm-hmm. is Jalen Hurts going behind the back. Uh, number six is Nin- 20. Oh. Yeah, go ahead. That was 2019. I was going to say that was 2019, wasn't oh, it? Oh, yeah, 2019 was uh, – that, that's what I said for seven. Is it 2019? Okay. 2010 is yep. six. 2017 is five. 2020 is four. 2012, a blowout is three. 2011, a blowout is two. And then, of course, that 2021 game is ranked number one. And I think yeah. I I actually agree with just about every one of these games on the list. It's pretty good. Hey, I'll tell you something funny about the 2008 OU Texas game. That I was, I was currently not on a roster in the NFL, and that was the first game I think ever that I watched OU play, like, like with fans. Like with other people mm. on a TV, like I'd watched OU games like in a hotel room night before a NFL game. Um, so it was a miserable I experience for you, is is what you're getting to here. I was like, "Is this normal? <laughs> is this what people do during games?" Uh, people were screaming and throwing stuff. Yeah. It was insane. Every play was like the end of the world. <laughs> oh, yeah, buddy. Uh, you, you got to see fanhood for uh, fandom for one day. It's a crazy ride. I just remember they hit um, – what was that – what was the, the little wide receiver's name? Jordan Shipley is who you're thinking of. They hit him on a crossing route, and he turned it up the field. I think he scored, on, he scored a touchdown on it. I'm not sure, but – it was a total meltdown at this place where I was watching the game. Meltdown. It was wild. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Keep hitting the text on 651-3439, Knippelmeyer text line. We're hanging out at Riverwind Casino today. Stay tuned. Do you eat, sleep, and breathe Sooner football? We do too. This is The Ref, home of Sooner fans. At Lander's CDJR of Norman, we are driven to serve, serving you with big savings during Ram Power Days, like 6500 off MSRP and 2.9% for a 2023 Ram 1500, or nine grand off a 2023 Ram 2500. Lander's CDJR of Norman. At Lander's CDJR of Norman, Jeep Adventure Days are back with big savings with 11000 off a 2023 Jeep Gladiator Rubicon, or 8000 off a 2023 Dodge Durango GT. Lander's CDJR it's an OEC Football Friday on the ref. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. Time for our Under the Radar segment brought to you by, if I could get this thing to load here, brought to you by, geez, Teddy, Boyd Street Ventures. If I can get it together on this Football <laughs> Friday, I can't get the email to get up. Uh, Boyd Street Ventures is a venture capital firm that provides under the radar sooner startups. Learn how to, how to help support OU innovation 
at BoydStreetVentures.com. I feel like everyone knows the drill by now, right? Uh, you sit in your under-the-radar players on the text line, 405-651-3439. We will get to those momentarily. As always, I will start with an under-the-radar storyline, and it has started to become a slight concern for some after the punting situation last week at Cincinnati. So, I would say an under-the-radar storyline, Josh Plaster's performance tomorrow and not having punts that are sub-30 yards. Yep. No, I agree. Um you know, back to the back to the winning formula for Oklahoma and how things have changed, and how even watching a game has changed. For a very long time, field position. Like I feel like I've I've been preaching field position and and special teams for a long time. Mostly met with, yeah, yeah. Who cares? Um, we're going to score 50. Not Field position doesn't matter. From the matter. fans or from and, the uh, coaching staff or both? <laughs> maybe both. But now as things have, have has shifted, and yes, Tyler, tears in my eyes, I suppose, as I say this, we are now a defensive football team. Ah, man. And the formula has changed, and now field position – absolutely critical right whenever your offense i mean i know we're we're ranked really high in scoring offense and i I still think we've got a good offense but field position matters uh you know we started drives in really bad field position pretty much the entire day against cincinnati okay and they started drives in good field position most of the day I, that that's the opposite of what you want, obviously. So yes, I think that that is a critical storyline, and for the I I don't see a scenario where it's not going to be one for the rest of the year. Thank you in uh, all of that for my next T-shirt idea for here at the Ref. Uh, just a plain red T-shirt, white lettering. We are now a defensive football team. <laughs> Feel like we could sell about twenty grand of T-shirts in that at this point. How? How about uh, just, like, win the field position T-shirt or something like that? It's just uh, it feels so new and so exciting that, yeah, I would buy a we are now a defensive football team shirt or field position. It's amazing. Yep, that's uh, right. It's just great. It's great. Uh, okay, let's see who people have for under-the-radar players. Ohio Sooner, my under-the-radar player is Reggie Grimes. He had a really good game last week and has a really good chance to build on that tomorrow and solidify the depth up front even further. Thanks for listening to the show, Reggie, and uh, thanks for texting in. <laughs> I f- didn't someone already send like that same text message earlier in the week? Let me go to Ohio Sooners text and scroll up and see if that was, uh, if that was him or not. Probably so. Feel like I, I, feel I feel like, like I've read that about- recently. <laughs> right. <laughs> No, I hey, I think uh, I think he's played well. I think we've got it, it's one of the reasons that that we have have been so good defensively is the depth and and good quality play that we get deep into our rotation. Sugar Shane in Newcastle, Grayson Halton, he needs more snaps. 
I like Grayson Holton. I think he's I think he's done well this year. Does he need more snaps? Good motor. Hmm. I think he's still a long yardage specialist. Cuz he's he his his only issue right now love his motor. I think he's come a long way in his technique, his pad level, but he's still light. He's still on the small side. So he's 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 his quickness and his speed are best suited for third down where he's rushing the passer or pursuing something. That makes sense. But more snaps. Okay. If you're going to give him more snaps, you have to take him away from someone else. Who are you going to take him away from? I'm not taking him That's away. That's always the question. Yeah, I don't know. Like this one for the 903 just says 34. And if you get 34 in the game, you got to take snaps away from someone else. But at this point, I don't really care. I just want to see PJ out there more. I'm, I'm sorry who it affects. 34, he does not qualify as under the radar. <laughs> no, we talked about him every single he, day this week. He qualifies as the uh, intercontinental ballistic missile that is, you know, flying through the atmosphere that every radar in the world can pick up. Drew from Flower Mound says, I'll go with Key Lawrence. Expect another interception by him. One of his better games last week. I think that's, yep, I think that's a great pick. I think Key Lawrence has played really well. He gives you good size, athleticism, toughness. At the position, I was thrilled to see him get that interception, made a beautiful play on it. I don't know what the status of Pearson is. Do you? Did he even travel last week? Was no. he even, Yeah, that didn't, I don't, that didn't I don't make, think. That I say make, that. I don't think that so. That doesn't make me feel great. I feel like that's that's right, that he didn't travel. But And I don't think he addressed one way or the other if he is available this week or not, so... That one's very much up in the air right now. Uh, okay, Sooner right. Judy says Walter Rouse. Uh, let's see, 405, Savion Bird going to have a huge game in his return. I hope so. 580, Troy Everett at guard. Yeah. They need and want someone to be better than him, but so far no one has. He does his job to the best of his ability. Yeah. No, I, I, th- that spot's critical. That spot's critical. Um. I our offensive line needs to needs to continue to improve. Thought there was some good improvement from the Tulsa game to the Cincinnati game, which we needed. We played one of the better defensive lines we're going to see. Um, now I say that when I watch Iowa State's defensive line, because everyone I've talked to continues to tell me that their front seven's just not as good as it's been. And that's fine. I'll accept that. But they look pretty damn good to me whenever I'm watching them on film. Uh, they are they're tough. They play with great technique. 58, you can't move. 11's got some, some really nice athleticism. 95's a big body that it does some good stuff. 50 is kind of a younger player, more of an edge type of guy, kind of sandbacker, edge, stand-up dude that, that's pretty good. I kind of like their defensive line, but I'm, I'm told over and over that they're down at that spot, which, you know, 
we'll see, but we need to have a good day on the offensive line for sure. I'm going to read a handful, and then we'll talk about one player in, in uh, particular here. 214, give me more Kendall Dolby. 785, Gentry yeah. will have a pick. 405, Tawi breakout game. First 100-yard rushing game against a decent opponent. Camo Sooner under the radar. Jalil Farouk on kick returns. Uh, this one just says, what about Stutzman? Crying face emoji. Yes, not under the radar player but I do expect him to have another fantastic game. What is yeah. an under-the-radar submission? And I think I've only seen it once. Now here's twice now. And he's a name that everyone knows, but based on performance up to this point, he would be Gavin Freeman. Gavin Freeman yeah. at wide receiver would definitely qualify for under-the-radar. And I'm just interested to see what happens to him the next the next three weeks, man. I, I, I still think he's a really good player, Um. But, man, the guys in front of him are really good, too. I don't want to give less opportunities to, to guys like Jaden Gibson or Farouk or Andrew Anthony or even Drake Stoops. So I, how he factors in is going to be interesting here moving forward. It, it just kind of feels like he is only going to get a handful of snaps a game. And so far, all of those snaps, like where he's got touches, have been on some of the lateral stuff. Which, I mean, it's good, but I don't know that it, you get the, the most out of him whenever he's only doing those things. But it feels like it's just going to be really hard for him to chisel out reps, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, most 80% of these texts, and we didn't get to half of them, are just running backs. This running back, please let one of the running backs be under the radar. It's not really a uh, mystery as to what people are hoping happens tomorrow. And that's at least yeah. one running back emerges. But that's your under the radar segment. Brought to you by Boyd Street Ventures. Boyd Street Ventures is a venture capital firm that provides funding and guidance for promising under-the-radar shooter startups. Learn how you can help support OU innovation at uh, BoydStreetVentures.com. All right, let's hit a quick timeout here from Riverwind Casino. On the other side, we'll hit a couple of things that caught my eye. Sound off any time of day on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line at 405-651-3439. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet in Blanchard, USA. At Lander's CDJR of Norman, we are driven to serve, serving you with big savings during Ram Power Days, like 6500 off MSRP and 2.9% for a 2023 Ram 1500, or nine grand off a 2023 Ram 2500. Lander's CDJR of Norman. At Lander's CDJR of Norman, Jeep Adventure Days are back with big savings with 11 kids and the Ad Council. Oklahoma football is the best, and Balfour of Norman on Historic Campus Corner has been Sooner fans' favorite OU shop for more than 45 years. Locally owned, Jerry and Libby invite you to stop by and see what is new. Choose from great polos from Jordan, Nike, Columbia, Antigua, and women's tees and fashion tops that'll get you game ready. There's a large collection of OU hats, including the new Huey hats. You can count on Balfour of Norman for the best selection, quality, and service. Or shop online at crimsonproud.com, where you will find everything Sooner. What caught Teddy's eye brought to you by Yala Gosney Law. When you call a law firm, do you want to actually talk to a lawyer? A WYG communication is a priority. That's Yala Gosney Law, 405-800-8080. 405-800-8080. Let's get to it. Story number one is? Uh, first thing I'll mention, and uh, we won't spend any time on it, just have to say it. The U.S. is getting whipped in the Ryder Cup uh, so far, so... Um, not a good start. Now, I thought 
this was fascinating, and I thought you would you would uh, get a good chuckle out of this if you haven't seen it. And I don't know I don't know where he was, but Ryan Day was at some type of <laughs> some type of speaking event. I don't know what it was, but he was taking some questions from the audience, and someone asked him, what's the most romantic thing that he's done for his wife? And he says, quote, the most romantic thing I've done in the last few months was beat Notre Dame last Saturday night. That's the truth. You can ask her. I guarantee it. There ain't no night out that she wants more than to win that game. I can promise you that right now. So that was a good night. If Lane Kiffin said that, <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, okay, Lane's trolling a little bit here. Like, you know, that that's there's no way that that's actually true. I don't think of personality when I think of Ryan Day. So I actually, I, I don't know if she would say that, but I am inclined to believe that he truly believes that that is the most romantic thing that he's done for his wife. Maybe there were right. rose petals on the bed. And maybe there were only 10 rose petals on the bed instead of 11 after that last play. <laughs> I, I actually believe Ryan Day on this one, dude. I do. Nicely done. Nicely done. That's good. Uh, 10 rose petals. Beautiful. How about this, Tyler McComas? According to a memo sent to all 32 NFL clubs on Friday, the league will now allow players to gamble on sports other than NFL football, provided the betting is legal in the state the player is located, and as long as he meets certain requirements about entering sports books or wagering in the workplace or while working. How about this? I like that. They can live, uh, well, almost like normal. They still can't bet on NFL, which is what most of us do. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, they, they, they should be able to. I just – it's it's weird that they haven't been able to in the past. Bet on NFL, yeah, that's not great. But bet on the NBA during the summer while they're hanging out, of course they should let's be. Let's go. And, and they have already. I mean, let's be honest here. But at least legally guess, within their own league, yeah. I guess they can bet on college football? As, or is that – No, I, they should be, yeah. I mean, why, why not? Yeah. Um, other than NFL football, yeah, college football. There you go. Um, last thing I've got, how about the Detroit Lions last night? They look good, dude. That offensive Not line only did is, they, that offensive line might be the best in the league. Yeah. And, and not only did they look good on the field, they took over the stands. How about the Lions traveling? All of a sudden, they've got all this pent-up demand for the Lions to play some good football. They took over Lambeau Field last night. It feels like that fan base is as energized as ever. ever? I mean, seriously. I, I mean, yeah. the, the the way that last year ended, they kind of got screwed out of the playoffs, the expectations. And already this year they've won in Arrowhead and in Lambeau. I mean, that it, this early on. That fan base is juiced, dude, and probably more so than ever. Their head coach – was probably in junior high or hike school whenever the Lions last won a playoff game. <laughs> yes, I, I don't doubt that. That is probably the case. Yeah. He, and he was biting people's ankles back then, just like he is now. Yes, he was. Um, there are some bad fan bases in college football. The worst fan bases I have ever encountered in no particular order LSU, Texas Tech, and Colorado. And Colorado is a really bad fan base. Mostly they're students. But you Mm -hmm. go to a game in Boulder, you're not going to get treated well. 
So their athletic director, Rick George, had to send an email to all students in regards to the student section being a little bit too rowdy. It says, we want to remind you of our expectations of fan conduct during games. We expect all fans to refrain from vulgar language, verbal or physical abuse, underage drinking, and overall intoxication. This type of conduct will not be tolerated at our home sporting events, and I have instructed our game day staff and members of law enforcement to enhance their monitoring efforts moving forward. So they've been a bad fan base for a long time. I was out there in 03, and it was, it was terrible, dude. But now that they have all this excitement and hype, I can't imagine how bad Nebraska fans were treated out there a couple of weeks ago. Now, I can't – was it you that was telling me that like a big majority of their enrollment there is a like California bunch of rich kids from California? Well, yeah, there's, yeah. there's a lot of that, yeah, at least traditionally. Yeah. Huh. How about that? What are you saying? There's Shocker. your answer. There's, there's your answer right there. There's the problem. Yeah. Shocker, a bunch of entitled brats acting like <laughs> idiots there at Colorado. Wow. Uh, okay. Who could have figured? Florida and Kentucky play tomorrow in Lexington. Kegs and eggs yeah. is what Bob says, his advice to all the Kentucky uh-huh. fans out there. Florida is an underdog at Kentucky, ending Florida's 34-game streak as a favorite against Kentucky. The last time the Wildcats were favored against Florida was in 1988. Kentucky did lose that game, by the way. 24-19 is a one-point favorite. 1988? That's crazy. And Florida's had, some, was... Florida's had some really good teams since then. Florida's also had some really bad teams since then as well. Well, that's true, but that's pre-Florida um, being – weren't they crap before oh, yeah. Spurrier, before Spurrier, Spurrier got there, over? yeah, they weren't. They weren't good. For, I mean, it really wasn't a thing. I don't think before Spurrier got there, he won a Heisman right. Trophy there. But I think for the majority of the time, it was it was bad. Yeah, before Spurrier got there, and he brought Bobby down. Hey, Bobby! <laughs> <laughs> There's something that needs to happen more often on this show. Please let that oh, happen. My gosh. Last one I have: ten years ago today, a very famous moment in college football history. Kiffin was fired on the tarmac at LAX. Well, kind of. I spent about 20 minutes today reading stories about that whole thing, and apparently Kiffin wasn't really fired on the tarmac like we've been led to believe. It was really an office inside uh, the terminal there. It was like a private airport, right? Or I guess like kind of one of those private hangars. Anyway, Kiffin started the rumor of the tarmac because he thought it would sound a lot better. And it stuck 10 years <laughs> after the fact. So multiple people said, yeah, it didn't really happen on the tarmac like he said. He just kind of said that and went with it. Now, were they boarding? Was it before they boarded the plane? Uh, no, they were coming back from Arizona State, I think is who they lost to that night. So they had just landed. And apparently, landed. yeah, okay. according to Kiffin, he meets with the AD after the game, and apparently Kiffin almost talked him out of, in, into not firing him anymore. He basically said, well, you know, we're trying to come back off of probation. What, is it, what good does it do if you fire me now? Just let me finish out the rest of the year with my coaches and players, da-da-da-da. The AD left to go make a phone call to be like, hey, maybe we don't need to fire this guy. 
But ultimately, the AD came back and said, no, I can't reverse this decision. You're fired. So there's a lot that happened that night at LAX. Wow. I wonder, ultimately, if it was a good move or a bad move. Um, USC feels like they now just that they let sh- it- yeah, the, I, I, I like the timing of it, I think they're okay with. But it's, yeah, maybe we should have done it in a little bit more of a professional manner than how we handled it. Yeah, what they really probably regret is ever submitting at all to any type of NCAA investigation. Yes, that as well. Right? There you go. All right, that it? Yeah, other than Ed Ogeron was the interim head coach there, so it probably got even crazier after that. (sighs) No kidding. All right, uh, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We will come back and wrap up our number two here from Riverwind next. Sound off any time of day on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line at 405-651-3439. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet in Blanchard, USA. Riverwind is the Metro's best casino. With all of your favorite games. Celebrate. Problem is, you also drive different and not in a good way. That's why driving high is illegal everywhere. So if you're high, just don't drive. Make a plan to get a sober ride. Because if you feel different, you drive different. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Uh, Butch Jones. You know, I think, you know, I don't think you're going to have to pay an arm and a leg. I don't know why he's at Arkansas State, why he took that job. You know, he looks to save in a couple years after. Butch Tennessee Jones is going to get fired at Arkansas State. He cried on the sidelines two weeks ago. They lost seventy-three to nothing. Butch Jones is ass. Butch, you know, Lawrence Tech wouldn't hire Butch Jones. <laughs> Maybe my second favorite audio clip right now. Only to what we're about to play at 5 p.m. today. God, that is amazing. That's a Detroit Jeez. radio show. Someone called in and said, hey, how about Butch Jones for the next head coach at Michigan State? And, uh, yeah, that was that was well, the reaction. I will say the caller is correct that you wouldn't have to pay him much. <laughs> you wouldn't have to pay him an arm and a leg, I think is his, that's what he said. Yeah. Um, bad officiating last week at the OU-Cincinnati game. Um, are they going to throw us off the scent? and have a normal officiated game this Saturday, the Saturday no. after, or is it just going to be bad all year long, every single week? It's going to be bad every week except for one. Can you guess what week it's not going to be bad? Probably the game in Dallas. Yeah, because it can't be bad for both of us, can it? I just I don't think any officials are going to show up. It's going to be an SEC-officiated crew, <laughs> which would be amazing, actually. That'd be better. Get away with a little pushing out there on the outside if that was the case. But seriously, think about it for, for example, for Texas this week, hosting Kansas. Kansas is dangerous enough to where a couple of those calls don't get called. And that could really cost you. For example, like if you've got a – like a clear pass interference call where you would have scored a touchdown and they don't call it. It was like on third down and you have to settle for a field goal or even worse, punt. Like Those things are huge game-changing calls. 
like calling a, a wide receiver in like the Xavier Henderson up at Cincinnati. Now, it ended up not mattering. I think we got off the field maybe on the next set of downs, but like a play like that on a third down keeps a drive alive and someone goes down, keeps the ball for six minutes and scores a touchdown whenever they would have been punting to you. I Those things yeah. dramatically change the outcome of football Th- games. This happened your first year in the NFL, so I know you weren't paying attention. But uh, Mangino had a press conference after they lost to Texas on a bad call and says, you know what this is about, right? That's right. BCS. Dollar signs. They didn't get the call that day in 04. They, the, the call would be reversed this time around, and Texas would lose. That's what we're talking yeah. about here. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. How long can we go to where the evidence continues to stack up? I don't know. Let's uh, see. Let's see. Nine more, eight more games in the regular season. That's how far we can go. <laughs> yeah. All right, quick timeout. we got the final hour of the rush coming up next here from Riverwind. You're listening to the home of